Jepang. Good moment, America. How are you? This is Commentary, and I am Terry. That's why I call the show Commentary. As always, I am your voice in the wilderness, an ordinary American looking at this, the most extraordinary nation in the history of the world. And, well, we're back this episode with a bunch of random shit, let's be honest. That's kind of where we've gotten to when it comes to this show. The, um, the fact that I have squeezed all three shows now, the former Terry Wilkerson show then became commentary, as well as Tarant Sports and the Golden Gray podcast. In fact, I've squeezed all three into one. It's a lot more liberating, honestly, than I thought it would be. I'm able to sit down and do a show pretty much whenever I want. And seeing as one of the taglines for this show is my show, my rules, my way, it works for me. It works for me a hell of a lot better than being on some corporate schedule does. Which is why when people ask me, well, why don't you ever go for a sponsor? I, I don't want a sponsor. Because a sponsor is going to tell me what I can talk about, when I can talk about it, what, you, you know, what I need to produce, when I need to produce it, how long it needs to be. No, this is my fucking show. And I do things my way. And I have from the very beginning, back when it was the major malfunction with Terry Wilkerson. I've done it my way the entire time and will continue to do so. So no, I'm I'm not going to ever even look into a sponsor. I should probably have prefaced with the fact that I recently got asked that again. Well, why don't you ever go for a sponsor? Well, that's the reason. Because I don't want anybody telling me what I can and cannot do on my own podcast. This is my show. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to talk about what I want. And this episode, we're going to get into a couple of very different topics. I'm going to start off, of course, with the bullshit decision by the Supreme Court to essentially allow Joe Biden's unconstitutional ghost gun ban to stand. The The, the court uh, made their decision six to three to allow what is essentially a ban of ghost guns to stand. And this is after they had just put out two or three decisions over the past month or two that really supported the Second Amendment. Now they turn around with this one. And they basically shit all over what it was they previously did. And of course, um, you had your, your liberal asshole judges make their cases for an abridgment of the Second Amendment. And it was a surprise that a couple of the conservative judges did actually join in. But they did. They did. What a shock. So here we are. And the Supreme Court has allowed this abridgment of the Second Amendment. And I don't think I could say that enough times because, let's be perfectly honest, any abridgment of the Second Amendment whatsoever is an abridgment of the Second Amendment. There is no, well, we're just saying this part is not permissible. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. Everybody always wants to say, well, what about the First Amendment? You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That was disproven. Try actually researching something. Look at the you know second page of a search result and don't use Google. So the judges have decided that they're going to allow this ghost gun ban to stand. 
Why does this piss me off so much? Because, well, quite frankly, if you allow one abridged, and I say this all the time, if you allow one right to be abridged, even just a little bit, it becomes a privilege. Privileges can be taken away. Rights are absolute and eternal. I say this all the time. You hear me say it all the time. And now the Supreme Court has gone and created a situation where now you have Congress, you have the illegally sitting President of the United States, you have plenty of people in our government who now have an open door to walk in and go, oh, they allowed us to ban this part of the Second Amendment, now we're going to go after the rest. America, this is not just about ghost guns, this is not just about the ability to 3D print a gun, this is about your right to own a firearm, period. And that right cannot and should never be abridged. We can't allow this to continue. If the Democrats wanted to make a real case for the Supreme Court being corrupt and lazy, this is the case. But this is not the case they want to make. They want us to think that because Roe v. Wade, which was never constitutional, was overturned, that that's why we should know that the Supreme Court justices are lazy and corrupt. No, it pretty much tells you they're lazy and corrupt when they make decisions based solely on the the zeitgeist, you know, the the sign of the times, the, the, the feeling in the air right now. When they make these decisions based strictly on what's going on in the world right now, rather than actually using their power, their authority on the bench, to actually interpret the Constitution. That's your job. But these guys and gals and uh, Justice Roberts, have decided that they're just going to throw whatever duty they have to the American people right out the window. And why not? That's what Congress does every single day. They throw their duty to the people right out the fucking window. And this is how you end up with a 90-year-old Dianne Feinstein signing power of attorney over to her daughter, yet still being a senator. America, we are, we're in the shit right now. It's bad. Because we allowed one little abridgment. We allowed one thing. And and this happens in all, this happens every single time a right is taken from the people. It starts out as, well, can't you just give us this? And then people kind of roll their eyes and go, all right, fine. It's like a parent who has a child who keeps saying, Mommy, 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 I want this, I want this, I want this. I'll never ask for anything again. I don't, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll take this, 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 this. Fine. And then the next thing you know, that one thing that they wanted, that they would never ask for anything again, has turned into an entire room full of shit. That's where we're at with our government. That's where we're at with these activists. Oh, you know, well, if you just acknowledge that it's not LGB, it's LGBTQ plus minus IA plus dollar sign divided by Interobang 3. Just acknowledge it. That's all we want. Acknowledge it. Okay, fine. You have your flag. Okay, now you have to call me my preferred pronoun. What? You have to call me donut hole. But you're not a donut hole. You're a man. No, I'm a donut hole. And you have to call me that, otherwise I'm going to contact the media and you're going to get fired. Wait, what? How the fuck did we go 
from just acknowledge my existence to if you don't call me a donut hole, I'm getting you fired. That's where we're at. And it all starts with that little, tiny, itsy-bitsy concession that we make. And we end up in the situation that we are in now. America, this is what we've become. But this is, this is good in a way because we know how we can fight against this. We know what we can do to take our country back. And the first thing we have to do is we have to stop giving people the leeway to do stupid shit, like force the rest of us to call them fucking donut holes. Okay? It's got to stop. And it's going to stop. Um, the, the, the people at large, man, are sick and tired of it. I mean, we've been told for the past couple of years that you have to just let criminals rob you. Well, what about that 7-Eleven out in California? Have you seen this? A guy robbed a 7-Eleven in California, one owned by a Sikh family. He had a trash can in there, 55-gallon trash can, and he was just dumping cigarettes into the trash can, saying there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there certainly was. These Sikhs actually got a hold of him and beat him with a broomstick until the police showed up. But of course, since it's in California, now the Sikhs are being investigated. There are potential claims, potential criminal charges against the Sikhs. That's right. You heard me correctly. A family of Sikhs defended their store that was being robbed, and they are being investigated with the probability quite frankly, of charges. But this tells you that there are people who are getting sick and fucking tired of it. People who are getting ready to fight back. You know, you have the whole Dylan Mulvaney bullshit situation. Well, even one of the heirs to the Budweiser, uh, the Anheuser-Busch fortune, made it clear that he thinks politics and beer don't match. They sure as hell don't if you're at a bar. Let me tell you from experience. Nothing like a good cold cup of sweet tea. And yes, I have packed a lip tonight. So if you if you are a dipper, why don't you go ahead and pack your lip or do whatever you do. Grab yourself a beer, a shot, fire up your bowl. Grab yourself a blunt, do whatever, sit back. Let's shoot the shit. That's what we do here. We do American shit. And we just sit around and we talk because this is America and we can fucking do whatever we want to. The Constitution and our rights guarantees it. Anyway, so with all this shit going on, Sikhs beating up fucking criminals, and Budweiser's future owner saying, I don't think beer and politics go together. And of course, the women's soccer team, the U.S. women's soccer team, actually getting knocked out of the World Cup. That's fucking hilarious. Um, Because, you know, Megan Rapinoe is more concerned with the fact that they had people standing up chanting, equal pay, equal pay than the fact that she actually blew the fucking goat. And everybody calls her the goat, so no, we're not even going to go with that. We're going to go, uh, she screwed the pooch on that penalty kick. What a dipshit. And and she fucking deserves every bit of vitriol that she gets from soccer fans. And she deserves to be remembered not fondly. Let's be perfectly honest. All right. I'm going to be back in just one second, and we're going to talk about what's been going on in the world of sports. But first, hey, you into gaming? Specifically, are you into that uh, Fortnite stuff? You know, the game with the people and the, the things? Well, if you are, then you need to check out the channel 
Caratops Rule, available on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Caratops Rule is the up-and-coming gaming channel run by a very nice young man by the name of Joe. I wish he would actually trim his fucking mustache once in a while, but hey, that's between him and his lovely girlfriend. Joe's passionate about what he does, and and best of all, he is a small-time guy. He is an independent individual creator who does what he loves. And after all, if TerryWilkerson.com and this show commentary stand for anything, it is that particular thing. Being a small-time independent content producer in a world full of bullshit mega corporations. Stand beside your local producer. It doesn't matter if it's a farming stand. It doesn't matter if it's a video game channel. It doesn't matter if it's a Little League bail bond sponsor. Stand by your local anything. And certainly, check out Caratops Rule on YouTube, TikTok, and the Twitch. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. All right, we got a real quick uh, rundown here of a couple of things I want to talk about that can go on in the world of sports. The first thing we have to talk about is the the Tim Anderson incident. Now, Tim Anderson, shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. A couple of days ago, they are playing the Cleveland Indians, and Jose Ramirez hits a shot down the right field line, rounds first, heads into second. The throw comes in, and Anderson applies the tag. Ramirez is safe. Now, I am not a Tim Anderson fan. I, 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 I like the way he plays. He plays with hustle, but he also runs his mouth a bit too much and thinks he's bigger than the game. He applies this tag that was, honestly, it wasn't anything over the top. I'll be completely honest. But Ramirez takes exception to it. And then all of a sudden, he and Anderson start jawjacking. Anderson drops the glove, starts to throw a punch, and Ramirez proceeds to knock him on his ass. And the call by Tom Hamilton, the radio call, down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. As though it was a uh, a send-up of the famous down goes Frazier. And I loved every second of it because Tim Anderson wants to run his mouth and then somebody finally called him out on his bullshit and knocked him on his ass. It was glorious. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend looking it up. It was absolutely beautiful. Loved every second of it. The bottom line, though, is Tim Anderson gets suspended six games. Jose Ramirez gets suspended three. And, of course, there is a outcry, a leftist bitch outcry. Well, how come the guy who threw the punch only gets three and Anderson gets six? And there was actually one guy who tried to make it a racial issue. Well, it's because Anderson is black. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Jose Ramirez is a very, very, very dark-skinned Spanish man. But it doesn't fit your narrative, does it? Man, this is a problem with baseball. Baseball, MLB has just absorbed too much of the political woke bullshit. Going back to stealing the All-Star game from Atlanta a couple of years ago and moving it to, where the fuck did it go to? Colorado, I believe. And then they go on to win the World Series. So 2021. They go on to win the World Series in a year where the All-Star game was taken away from them over some dumb bitches lie about voting laws in Georgia. But MLB has gotten too woke and maybe, just maybe, Tim Anderson taking that uh, that right hook to the jaw, maybe it'll shut him up and maybe at the same time it'll force Rob Manfraud 
and the MLB brass to start looking at exactly what they've done to the game. It's not bad enough that this stupid fucking pitch clock and the extra large bases, which make it easy for, I don't know, Cecil Fielder could have stolen 20 with this size base. But between the, the pitch clock, the enlarged bases, and the fact that the ghost runner is now permanent, the worst rule in the history of baseball, MLB and Rob Manfraud have destroyed the game as it is. Hopefully, this is a little bit of a note that, hey, you know, nobody wants the woke bullshit. And if that wasn't enough, Kevin Brown, the announcer for the Orioles, he did a read during the pregame where he read, he read exactly what the producers in the truck put together. A criticism of how the Orioles have performed against the Tampa Bay Rays over the past few years and how they're doing much better now. Peter Angelos, the jerk-off owner of the Baltimore Orioles, indefinitely suspended Brown for talking bad about his team. Somebody would say, well, this sounds like a George Steinbrenner move. No, it doesn't. Because Steinbrenner would have had something to say, but he would have said it publicly. He would have confronted whoever the hell it was. And for that matter, he would have never hired anybody who would talk shit on the Yankees to start with. But the... Baltimore Orioles organization, you want to talk about some woke bullshit, he actually suspended Kevin Brown for telling the truth. This is where baseball is at. This is where we're at, America. Major League Baseball has always been a kind of sign of the times. Now you see where we're at. Now you see what's going on. Those are your um, big bullshit leftist asswad stories going on in MLB right now. We're also going to talk for just a second here about SummerSlam just passed by. The biggest bullshit, the the fucking bloodline storyline is going to go on forever. I mean, Paul Heyman told us they're in the bottom of the third of this angle. Dear God, I've never hoped that Paul Heyman was lying so much in my life. This is even more than when he said ECW was fine. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I knew he was lying back then, and I didn't want to believe it. And now we're in a situation where I pray to God he is lying, because I don't know how much longer I can deal with the bloodline. Jimmy Uso turns on Jey Uso. Uh, The Trouble Combat match was supposed to be an honorable match where no member of the family could interfere, but yet Jimmy interfered. The rules went right out the fucking window. And Roman Reigns ends up, what was it, a 35, 36-minute match? Roman Reigns ends up retaining the title. God, this was a terrible pay-per-view. I mean, you had Logan Paul actually beating Ricochet with a a right hook. I don't know if he took that from Tim Anderson or not. Using brass knuckles. And we're supposed to believe somehow that this is a legitimate victory over Ricochet. Whatever. Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey had... It's supposed to be an MMA match. From the, the very first time that you saw Rousey throw a working punch in the match, you knew it was a load of shit. I was really hoping that they were going to do like a legitimate MMA shoot, but they didn't. It, it was a work. The whole thing was a fucking work. And Baszler ends up with the technical tap out using the Kirafuda clutch. And Rousey apparently is gone. That's what we're hearing. Ronda Rousey is out of WWE. She's retiring or whatever. I don't know if she and her husband want to have their 19th kid. I don't know what's going on. I just know that Ronda Rousey, thankfully, is supposed to be off my TV for a while. 
Um, we also had Bianca Belair win the WWE Women's Championship. She just lost the fucking belt. Now they put the belt back on her. But thankfully, 17 seconds later, EO Sky comes out, cashes in Money in the Bank, and wins the WWE Women's Championship. The match of the night in my book, period, paragraph, end of fucking story. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. I was really hoping this would be a great match, and I'm a fan of both Gunther and Drew McIntyre. I, I wish they had kept him Walter. I really do, because it's so hard for me to say Gunther. But Gunther you know, comes out on top with the splash off the top rope, followed by the powerbomb, which really showcases that King's Road style, you know, which is like a tiered, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a tiered style where there's a different finisher for a different quality of opponent. And even in the same match, you could use one, two, or even three different finishers depending upon the uh, the strength of the opponent. It's kind of like a video game, learning specific moves to finish certain levels. But Gunther wins, and he is now just under 30 days away from breaking the record of the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. I simultaneously hope he breaks the record and will be sorry to see it go because that was the height. That was where I really became a fan, was in the era of the Honky Tonk. So it's it's going to be kind of hard to see the record go, but at the same time, I'm going to be glad to see him do it because Gunther is really, he's one of those guys who I think is a future world champion in WWE. I think he's really one of the best overall performers in the business. And, you know, having... Um, having Ludwig Kaiser do his intro like that and, and basically taking away the necessity for him to speak at any length. Great idea, great booking. And of course, he is just an overall phenomenally talented athlete. Great to see him with this title. He's probably going to end up dropping it right after breaking the record, but hopefully that means he'll go on to win the Royal Rumble and challenge who the hell ever at WrestleMania. Part of me really wants that to be Cody. I really do. Because I'm sick and tired of the Bloodline storyline, but at the same time, Cody missed his opportunity. He should have pushed more for winning that belt at WrestleMania. But he didn't. He he went with whatever the hell WWE wanted him to go with. And I think that really cost him. I think it cost him overall in the long run. Hoping it's Gunther against Cody, WrestleMania next year. That would be my... Ideal, that would be my uh, my kind of dream. I'd even settle for Gunther versus L.A. Knight. But that match, phenomenal. Great, hard-hitting, uh, European-style match. You know what match was not great, not good, really, at all? Well, the, the Logan Paul Ricochet, which was a fucking spot fest. I mean, I, I talked about it a second ago, but, you know, these were just a bunch of... It was a spot fest. It was two spot monkeys out there looking like a fucking stunt show. It looked like an episode of uh, uh, Ninja Challenge or whatever the hell that was called. American Ninja Challenge, I think it was. But that wasn't the worst match on the card. That honor, of course, goes to the women's championship match um, with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. A very, very close second. Uh, just absolute trash. The last one to touch on here, obviously. Well, two more to touch on. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins retains the title with the 
the tease of the Judgment Day split coming up. Damian Priest is going to cash in on somebody somewhere, and he's probably, you have to think he's going to cash in on the World Heavyweight title. But will it be against Seth Rollins, or will it eventually be against Finn Balor? Who knows? I think they should really kind of twist things around, and he should cash in on Dominic Mysterio's North American title, which, of course, Priest held when he was in NXT. And the final match to me, right up there with Gunther and um, and McIntyre, was Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Great story being told, but I didn't care for the finish, let's be honest. Cody Rhodes hitting three really bad-looking crossroads in a row to beat the Beast, who spent the first 15, 16 minutes of the match just beating the living shit out of Cody Rhodes. Okay, we have our heat, and we had a little bit of shine. So false comeback, and then we go back to heat, and then false comeback. So we didn't really get the shine in full. We got heat, comeback, finish. Which I guess Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar can get away with. Brock Lesnar can get away with any fucking thing he wants. Look, I I will admit this, I am a Brock Lesnar mark. Not a fan, a mark. I am a Brock Lesnar mark in the way that I was a Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Ric Flair mark in the 1980s. I'm a flat-out fucking mark. If Brock Lesnar is involved, I am cheering for him at the top of my lungs. I am supporting him no matter what. And apparently the spot at the end where he comes back in the ring and shakes Cody's hand and raises his hand was something that Brock came up with on his own. Does not surprise me because, quite frankly, Brock Lesnar is an incredible athlete. And even though he didn't grow up a wrestling fan, even though he wasn't the the biggest um, proponent of the business in his youth, he's come to understand, know, and love the business. And he knows what draws, he knows what sells, and he knows how to make a storyline fucking work. I just think they needed a, a much better finish than Three straight crossroads that looked like absolute shit. But hey, Cody got his win. He wins the series 2-1 to one over the Beast, Brock Lesnar. And that, America, is my commentary for this episode. Don't forget to join us each and every episode. Do not forget that commentary is produced by 1975 Podcast Productions, a division of 1028 Media. Go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. 1975 Podcast Productions podcasts can be found anywhere you download your fine podcast content. And hey, have you checked out Keratops Rule yet? No, you haven't, have you? Well, stop. Stop this podcast right now. Stop right here and go check it out. Okay? You back? You're back? Pretty cool, isn't it? All right. Now, now that you've done that, don't forget to check it out every single day. But... Until next time, America, please remember that your rights are not a gift from the government. Rights are absolute and eternal. And if you allow the government to abridge your rights just a little bit, it becomes a privilege, and a privilege can be taken away. America, stay calm, have courage, wait for signs. And until we see each other next time, have a great.